Ibn al-Arabi. Ibn al-Arabi also Nakis. Due to him getting stuck in Fana, he came up with this doctrine of Wahdatul Wujud. Wahdatul Wujud sometimes is translated as oneness of being or unity of being. And what did he mean by that? He felt that all being proceeds or emanates from Allah. Okay, that is fine. Through the creative act, Allah subhanahu is al-khaliq. And every other type of being, his own wujud is separate. But every other type of existence, every other type of being is just a product of the creation of Allah. So in that sense, fine, we are all united in being the creation of Allah subhanahu But he took it a little bit further than that. And you know, Ibn Arabi's works, to be honest with you, if you read them, which I would strongly recommend you not to read them, because it should not be read by a novice. But if you read them, you really feel that he's saying different things at different times, and you can squeeze out different meanings from different of his words. But again, because we have received Ibn Arabi recycled through the English tradition back to us, and because Ibn Arabi in Arabic is extremely difficult, so if any of you were to read it, you would read it in English, so that English, even the translator, has translated the meaning, the words according to the meanings that they have understood. Not necessarily that Ibn Arabi really thought some of the things that are being ascribed to him. And therefore you will find in the ulama three attitudes towards Ibn Arabi. One attitude towards Ibn Arabi is he was completely wrong and to accuse him of kufr. This is the attitude that Ibn Taymiyyah took. Second attitude towards Ibn Arabi is to try to take those meanings of his words that are in compliance with the aqidah of the Quran, Sunnah and Sharia and therefore not to accuse him of kufr but to say what, he, what, he, what he's saying here, what he means by this is X and what he means by that is Y and to take those meanings that... And sometimes it is a stretch. Sometimes it is a stretch. And, but this is the way some ulama have understood that the Prophet said indeed that you should make 70 excuses for your fellow Muslim so, for example, Imam Ghazali in his book, Faisal At-Tafrika, when he's written a book, this is a book of Imam Ghazali on theology, where he talks a little bit about this phenomenon of takfir, of the usul of declaring someone or some belief as kufr. He says that you must take out any and all possible, plausible interpretations of a person's statements that are in according with the Shia. In other words, you should give the person the benefit of the doubt. You should do husnizan. So the second group of ulama do that, Husnizan with Ibn Arabi, and they, and whatever, whatever of his words are suggestive of meanings that are unacceptable, they interpret away those meanings and they say that he meant something else. Okay, so for them obviously he's not a kafir, for them actually they say he's a wali. Another position, this is the, in the third position is that of Sheikh Amr Hindi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he says that Ibn Arabi was not a kafir, but he was a person who made mistakes. So don't explain. We don't explain everything. We accept that he made some mistakes. And we don't accept. We acknowledge that he made those mistakes. And we don't accept the mistakes that he made. But we still think that by and large. That he was a person of iman, taqwa, ibadat, zikr, dua, salah, Quran, etc. And that he passed away in a state of iman. And then Allah subhanahu wa will inshallah ta'ala accept his iman and amal as salih and will overlook and forgive him for his mistakes because that is the view that every Muslim has and hope about ourselves. That's, that's standard. That's what we want for ourselves, right? So why should we want no less than that for him? But he makes it a point to elaborate upon the mistakes that Ibn Arabi has made. 
so that no one else will fall into them. So perhaps the most academic critique from a master of Tasawwuf of Ibn Arabi's concept of Wahdatul Wujud was written by Sheikh Ahmed Sir Hindi Ta'ala. And he's explained that what happened was people made a mistake and they left the doctrine of Farq. And there were three categories of people. One category were those who felt that they believed in this, the oneness of being. Second was, and they felt that the world and Allah were one. Second was a group that felt that the world was a zil. Zil means shadow. That the world was a shadow of Allah. He said that's also wrong. Because even shadow is resemblance, is likeness, and Allah says there's nothing that is missile to him. Nothing is even his shadow. Third view, which he says is the correct view, is the doctrine of farq. That the world is absolutely separate, distinct, separate, different from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Ibn Arabi came to this because of his fana. Now because you see, if you enter a state of fana in which you're so lost in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it appears to you, again it's a perception, which is an incorrect perception, but it's a perception that the farq has finished. Not necessarily that you are equal to Allah or part of Allah, but that you've reached Allah or are in union with Allah. It's difficult to explain. Because also the Westerners misunderstand this, even those who believe in Wahdatul Wujud are not doing what in English they call pantheism or monism or incarnation. They don't think they equal Allah or they're part of Allah. Ibn Arabi never thought that. In all fairness to him, nowhere does he say that anywhere. But his doctrine of oneness of being means that the farq was eliminated. Difficult to explain. I mean, I'm talking to you about very theoretical things, but I just want you to understand. And you know, I can't really fully explain this to you in this short time. But I want you to understand that these are issues, these are debates. And this is not mainstream Tasawwuf, this was a few people. And the Mashaikh of Tasawwuf themselves have tried to understand and explain why this happened to Al-Halaj and Ibn Arabi. So Sheikh Ahmed Shahindri uses a separate term called Wahdat al-Shuhud. That actually what happens when you're in Fana, it's your Shahada. Shahada means it's your perception. That you and Allah are one. It doesn't mean the same. I can't explain to you, but you are, you've eliminated the distance. You know, so much qurb that you're, you see what I'm saying? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some self has said that in the Quran. That I'm closer to you than your own self. Right? So, when a person experiences that closeness, they feel that they are closer to Allah than their own selves. Do you understand? Now we can't really, I mean we're trying to put this stuff in words. These are actually experiences. These are states that are experienced that cannot be described in words. They cannot be understood verbally. But I think that that little bit, that Quranic verse maybe gives you an idea. When Allah Ta'ala says that I'm closer to you than your own self, imagine if somebody felt Allah Ta'ala to be closer to them than their own self. Then their perception would be that they're at one with Allah now. Because closer than your own self. So I tell you, are you at one with your own self? Yes. Allah tells akrab to you than your own self. So therefore, you are at one with Allah. Right? It's an experiential thing. Akidah is not right to say it this way. I'm just saying it to you to make you understand the experience that they felt, the feeling that they felt. When they would do this zikr and actually feel the qurb and feel the akrabiyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Shaykh Ahmed Sahindi describes and says, this is their shuhud. It's a shuhud that there's wahdat. It's a perception that they're at one. But in reality they're not. 
Wujud is real existential reality. And shahud is our perception of that. And Sheikh Hamad said that as long as a person realizes that, that's why he made it a point then to add this into the teaching of the Sawaf. That no student, that if you reach this thing called Fana, whatever wah that you think you may feel, that's just your shahud, that's just a perception. Know that there's absolute fuck. So now this was incorporated in the teaching of the soul, so a person would know. So in case they ever reach that stage, that they feel such kurub in Allah subhanahu but in case anybody did, they had been taught beforehand. That it's just a perception. It's not a reality. And in any case, you have to pass beyond that perception and reach baka. In any case, this is just a perception that's going to come to you in the state of fanah.